right, welcome back everybody to the podcast. Today I am here to talk about uh, kind of the build-up into World War II. This is going to be really big for my American and world history classes. We'll both talk about that build-up into World War II. Um, within the American history class, we've already gotten to the point of Europe kind of flipping over and becoming more of a you know totalitarian state with Hitler taking over and Mussolini. But what we really have to look at at this point is what is America going to do? What is America's involvement going to be? And we sit there and we have these discussions as a nation about what should we do. So at first it's going to start in 1937 as Japan has started to attack China and Roosevelt's going to come out and he's just going to be like, listen, this we can't do this. All right, he's going to say that this is a reign of terror and international lawlessness run by the Japanese people, and this just cannot be the solution to how how things get done throughout a country. He is going to, he is all for stopping the aggression involved and having an informal alignment that is looking for peace. He says that in 1937. He doesn't know what's about to happen. So as he says all these things, condemning, talking about how disease-filled and disgusting, basically, Japan was, he keeps pushing through, keeps criticizing, keeps criticizing, keeps criticizing, and as he's criticizing, war breaks out in Europe. And as much as Roosevelt's words failed to prevent Japan from extending its control into China, same thing happened with appeasement in, with Hitler. That policy did not work, and because this policy of appeasement didn't work, you know, I mentioned last time, you just keep taking and taking and taking and taking and taking until there's nothing else. Yes, you can have this. What's going to stop you if there's no consequence for anything? So Hitler kept pushing forward. He kept going uh, with this uh, idea that he was going to essentially take over the world, and he was going to take over all of it. Hitler was also on a view of war and contest. He believed there was no morality in war, and the there was just who wins and who loses. There was no middle ground. And so he believed that 80 million people, the Germans, must attain what is theirs, and that is to be strong. Hitler invaded Poland, and Poland falls very quickly to Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg is lightning war, where they just come in and they knock out everything, and they knock out all these, you know, they knock out as much as they can with this war. So Poland, gone, within days. I mean, it started on September 1st. They have it ending September 17th, when the Soviet Union is going to say, hey, we're going to have a non-aggression pact with each other so that we don't fight with each other to make this worse. The Axis powers then turn their sights. They've gone eastward, and now they're going to turn their sights on everybody else. They're going to start going after Britain. They're going to start going after France. They run right through the Netherlands and Belgium, and they start tearing through France as well. And France falls very quickly. It only took... Uh, it took a very limited amount of time because basically France set up where World War One had been fought. And they set up saying this is exactly how it's going to be. Germany just went around it. They set up concrete, you know, uh, they, they set up just this system where basically they had to come right there. Well, Germany knew where they were, so they went around them. And they avoided the, the area. And it, it, it's crazy to think that all it came down to was if France had been more, a little bit more uh, sustainable, they would have gone. But at the end of the day, France 
is occupied, and it's occupied really quickly. France and Britain don't know what to do. So what ultimately happens next is that Britain is an island, so Hitler has to attack this island in any way, shape, and form that he can. So the way he's going to attack it, if you can't just fly or you know, put a boat over, as we think, and get over there, he's just going to start bombing and bombing and bombing and bombing. Britain, London, the entire country is just getting bombarded with bombs for days. For days. Uh, Winston Churchill is going to go on to say, We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills and we shall never surrender. And that was the rallying cry behind Britain's mo movement and front. But they still needed help. They still needed help. Because they were on their own. And they were on this island. But they also had nobody there to defend them and stick up for them. So, what about America? Let's get back to America and what they think about all this. Well, American reaction is very divided. Because in America, we sat back and saw that things were going really well for us at home. And so, because things were going well for us at home, why should we get involved in a war to have our soldiers killed for not us, basically, for somebody else? We stood back and we said, we believe in not fighting. We believe in staying out of the war. The government didn't necessarily agree with that. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to aid the Allies, but without actually joining. So we're going to sign something called the Neutrality Act of 1939, which includes a cash and carry provision, which allowed basically nations to buy goods and arms in the United States if they paid with cash and carried the merchandise on their own ships. So they come, they pay cash, we send it back over. That's not us actively selling, we said. We weren't delivering, we weren't transporting the goods, so we weren't involved. Germany disagrees that we aren't involved. Japan disagrees that we aren't involved. Italy, you know, remains that we're not involved. But really, we're not there yet. We're not truly involved. We are supplying, but we are not truly involved. The isolationists continue their plea to remain neutral, including uh, Charles Ling uh, Lindbergh, who was one of the most famous Americans at the time. He is going to say that America's real threats were the Soviet Union and Japan. It didn't want to see the country weakened. Roosevelt, at that moment, is going to start kind of moving closely towards wanting to get involved. And we all know what side he believes he we would be on. After France fell in September of 1914, Germany and Italy and Japan signed the Tri-Party Pact, and they became official allies in that same time. And at that same month, in the United States, we also passed our selective service to start preparing. I think the inevitable was near. We knew that we were going to have to be involved. We knew we were going to have to make something happen here. The Americans now are pushing closer to war. And they're going to actually pass, in March of 1941, the Lend-Lease Act, which, <clears throat> which was this program where, instead of cash and carry, 
we can lease weapons to you. So we'll give you war or what equipment for war, so that you're ready to fight and you're ready to be you know maintained against the Nazis and the Japanese. But you'll have to pay us back later. At the end of that, in August of 1941, there's something called the Atlantic Charter, where the United States works together with these nations to say, hey, after we win, this is what we want. We want to basically remain this. The U.S. Navy is also going to go out and start battling German U-boats. This all sounds very familiar to what happened in World War I. But we're still not involved. We have a clear favorite that we want to win this race. It's like every year with the Super Bowl, you have the one team you really want to win. That may not be your team, but that's the team you want to win. That's who we. That's how we handled. Uh, that's how we handled this war. On that note, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe so that I can get some feedback as to how you guys think this is going for you. On that note, have a great evening. I will talk to everybody soon. Bye.